What did I do this weekend? I... Friday... Oh, I went down to Galveston. Uh, oh, we went to go do Dickens on the Strand. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. No, I haven't. I had never heard... What the fuck are you doing? I never heard of Dickens on the Strand. And I, like, did a little research. Apparently, it's been going on for, like, 40 years. Oh, yeah. That they, like, have a big festival that's all, like, Charles Dickens. And I, I wanted to know the history behind it. Nothing. No history. <laughs> it just... They just do it. They just dress up yep. and do things. I'm like, you guys sounds very Galveston of y'all. Did you go to the store where it's always Christmas? Uh, we only went on Friday, so we didn't go on Saturday. Like, So it wasn't like a full open market? No, there's a store that's on the Strand that it's Christmas stuff all year round. No, we didn't go in any stores, is what I just said. No, but on the Strand, there's a store that's always Christmas. E- but that doesn't change. But the- on the Strand, <laughs> you see, so, an so actual no, I did not building. Go- yeah, <laughs> I did not go in that store. No. Okay, thank you. Okay, that's well, what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Oh my god. There's apparently a place like that in um, Kima too. No, well maybe there too. Um, what's that one city that's up there that has like the wine and the peaches and uh, Atlanta? The big rock that people climb on sometimes. Round rock. Enchanted Rock. That in is outside of Dallas. No, Fort Worth. No, Austin. Closer to San Antonio. New Brunswick. Fredericksburg. There we go. Fredericksburg. I'm still gonna keep guessing. Magnolia. Yep. Todd's Creek. (laughs) Todd. Where the fuck is Todd's Creek? Todd Mission. Mission Todd. No, Todd Mission. Nope. Todd's Creek. Todd Mission is where Renaissance Festival is. That shit's lit. Do I already have red teeth? Yep. You got weird purple lip too. That's gross. <laughs> I love wine. Oh my god, we should go to Fredericksburg sometime. But we can drink wine anyway. <laughs> it is true. The wine was in your heart the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's probably stuck there. It's probably not healthy. <laughs> yeah, that's called a fucking an, uh, embolism. Alcoholism. Uh, oh, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> I've forgotten what I'm doing. What's the all difference? Day. My whole life. How old am I? How, where, where are I? we? Is that Four a white club? <laughs> there was, is that right? Did I show you the tweet where the the girl was like, "My grandfather's been drinking white claw all <laughs> summer long, and he only realized last week that it has alcohol in it." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's how lit they are. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm two in? I don't know. How many did you drink before I got here? None. Oh. Because this is our first episode that we've done today. What uh, a good day it's been. Yeah, we went to Drag It On last week, the first week of uh, Drag It On And it was 4. amazing. And Blackberry Blackberry was said, like, whoa. And I was like, huh? <laughs> and she was like, yeah. And, and I, I was like, like <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. And then I death dropped. Yep. And the winner, I was like... I was like, how did she even... I'm glad I voted for her. Uh, and, and then the um, the loser, I was like, oh, yeah. she's did, she did so good. She tried. She wore wigs. She had heels. She put on <laughs> lashes. She's doing good. She's doing good. <laughs> Let's send her home four times. Oh my God, is this Dixie? Yep. She back? 
So me and Spencer are recording two podcasts a week. No. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. It's two different nights, and we're straight. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I So I did make up for this woman on yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, yesterday, two weeks ago. Weird. And uh, <laughs> so she was telling me all kinds of shit, and I'm buttering up old ladies again. Of course. So that's what always. I'm doing. And so I made her cry, because... <laughs> I did her makeup and I was like, yeah, no, you look beautiful. And she cried. But anyways, she was like, I was. Because like, you were the first person to tell her that she looked beautiful in 40 years. And yeah. she's been married for 30 years. Oh, no. Her husband died. That was why she was. She was like, I'm doing this for me. I was like, uh, let me do uh, something for you, girl. Why don't let's you sit down you in this beautiful. chair? We'll make you feel good. Let's get you fucked by some other old man in this mall. Mm. The second best thing to a psychiatrist, makeup artist at a Macy's. Yep. Anyways. Uh, so I did her makeup and she was like, what are you doing in your free time? What are your hobbies? And I was like, oh, cause she was talking about dancing the whole time. She's like, I love to dance. Dance with me. And I was like, what kind of dance are you doing? Twerking? <laughs> and she was like, West Coast Shake. Swing. I was like, not the same thing. Not, not quite. Did you really say twerking? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, jazz? <laughs> you doing a little bit of that jazzercise? I like to two-step sometimes. <laughs> and she talked about, uh, neon boots. I was like. Is this a trap? <laughs> Are you trying to get me to say gay things? Yeah. But anyways. I'm not gay. Like, what do you do? I just ha- do makeup. Your spare time. I was like, what's your hobby? I was like, oh, I have a podcast. She was like. <laughs> <laughs> she threw a mic at me. And then I was like, well, I guess I got stuff to say. Um, and she was like, oh, let me listen to it. After she had said a whole bunch of Trumpian things. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> We don't ever talk bad things about Trump on this podcast. So maybe she'll listen. I don't know. She's 70. Or no, she's like eight. She's 80 years old. So I don't think she knows how to work a podcast. Uh, my mom is not even 60 and she doesn't know how to work a podcast. So, so I doubt this woman can figure that out. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> Unless she has like great grandchildren that are like, Grandma. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll listen to it with her and they'll be like... <laughs> Funny as fuck. And she'd be like, I'm so angry. I hate this. This is terrible. Turn it off. They talked about baby Trump. He's they talked about orange. Alabama in He's a bad not way. orange. That's a tan. Anyway. It's natural. He got it from the sun. He grows. <laughs> Anyways, there was, was there. Yeah, she's going to listen to the podcast oh, okay. now. So I we have to that. be straight again. Mm-mm. I mean, continue what? to be straight we've always been straight we're still straight podcast. why would we make it we've always been straight on this podcast why would we decide to do anything different we don't need to people do are born different. gay uh, yeah. i hear so, no they choose oh yeah they choose to be gay so we would we never wouldn't, choose we would that. never choose that love pussy love that stuff can't get enough of it what did you think I said earlier? Eating people? Eating pussy. <laughs> he thought I said eating pussy. I was, I was like, yeah. like ah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> Don't care about anything as long as it's in front of me. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I mean. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm, good. Chicken bacon, I helped. I'm loving it. <laughs> Eat fresh. <laughs> What's Arby's tagline? We have the meats. We have the meats, but that's more beef gay. curtains. That's gay. That is gay. That's pretty gay. Did you see all the Netflix things? I s- put it on my Facebook. You can't okay. I laughed at them. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> laughed at all of them. My favorite was the last one that was like, "How do you feel about this? Come and go." And come and go was like, "We ain't touching that." <laughs> <laughs> I also loved that. Like, I don't remember who I shared it from, but the person who like had shared it was like, "This is what happens when fifty percent of the workforce are millennials." Like. 
<laughs> Everyone is just like, yeah, just post whatever. Because, like, that's how you get an audience. Like, all the people that you're advertising to who are, are like... Who has the best Twitter game? Wendy's. Yes, honestly. They've always had the best Twitter game. They've had the best Twitter game since I was in high school. Like, yeah, because been, they're like, fuck you. Yeah, shit's been fresh the entire time. Like, good for them. Yeah. But they started it. They started it. I'm just trying to say that's what I got a marketing degree for. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> oh, so you're waiting for someone to hire you for that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll come So I can go on to your... <laughs> Mario Badesco lip balm is great for blowjobs because your lips are going to be so fucking soft. <laughs> Ted's going to be like, oh, we'll, Samantha. We'll moisturize his dick at the same time. <laughs> you said he was crusty. Come on, Barbara. He needs lotion. Just use your lips as the lotion. <laughs> I heard um, <laughs> there was a tweet that was like, Hey, guys, you know that stuff that you use to masturbate? You're oh supposed God. to put it all over your body. I saw that. Did you send it to me? Was that the no. one you sent me, or did I just randomly see it? Really I guess I just saw. randomly saw it. I was like, yes. 100%. <laughs> and then all, I read all the comments, and people were like, ketchup? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think mayonnaise is good to rub all over my body. No, you can. You can. Mayonnaise is great for the hair, too. It cracked me up. So the comment section, I think, was the best part because it was like all these people like making jokes about what they masturbate with. And like one person was like, your tin and one shampoo is not <laughs> I don't understand. The ice bread somewhere, it was like a foreign one. Perfume. Yeah. I was like, what's or, the shampoo? Yeah. yeah. I was like, what's the fourth one? Like deodorizer. That's. That's grasping straws. Irish that's what, spring. That's what soap is supposed to be. It's, it's not, supposed to deodorize you. Try again. Yeah. Old Wa spice. Wash yourself a little bit harder. <laughs> just like slightly. Why don't you just get a bar of soap? You can do also anything that. with it. So weird. I used to use two-in-one shampoo, and that's probably when my hair is gone. Um, but I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll like switch. And so I got like an actual shampoo and actual conditioner. And... Uh, I never used. I thought you were gonna pull off your hat and be like, "Look at these luscious locks!" Shut the Shut fuck up. up. Uh, but now that I started shaving my head, I don't almost ever use a conditioner. So, well, I mean, you could just put lotion on your head. Yeah, exactly. Like that's how you're just moisturizing the skin. Yeah. Well. And the tea award goes to. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah, boy. I'm not that bald. Okay, I read your story. Okay, because okay. we have a lot to get through, and it's nine twenty. Okay, I mean, it's seven twenty. We just had week. dinner, mm -hmm. and it was delicious. I just gotta go to bed early. How are we gonna do this? Like I don't next week, know. we're gonna be like, "Yay, Christmas!" <laughs> Christmas was so much fun. What did you get? And then New Year's was so good. Happy New Year's, everyone! I was the champagne tower and um, the new uh, the, the fireworks. I was oh, like, oh, "Whoa, whoa!" <laughs> it was amazing. Whoa! Oh, it's gonna be terrible. Um, hey guys. Uh. <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm back from my training op, and I have a lot of really interesting stories to share with you. <laughs> what? It's been so long since you got back. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. Uh, I've got enough that I'm going to break them up into two parts, this being the first. I'd love to put them all in one entry, but I haven't had a chance to write them all down yet. I didn't have anything uh, too crazy happen while I was out there, but we did have one incident with a rookie that I found relevant. Since I'm sure you Revelant. guys... That's what I almost said. Revelant. Revelant. Excuse me. Gross. Since, since I'm sure you guys have been waiting for these, I'll just get right into the stories. 
I'll assign each batch of stories to the person who told me. The first is KD. Do you think Kevin Durant? That she her name is really Katie? <laughs> oh. KD is a vet who has been an SAR officer for about 15 years. She's, Search and rescue. She she specializes in high elevation mountain rescues and is widely considered one of the best in her field. She was one of the more enthusiastic story story storytellers. <laughs> yep. Uh, and since we were together a fair amount during these exercises, she ended up telling me about four that really stuck with me. The first she told me in response to my asking about her most traumatic calls. She shook her head and told me that uh, really bad calls happen more frequently on the mountain since the potential, potential for nasty accidents is higher. About five years ago, one of the parks she worked at had a string of disappearances. It was a bad year, she said, one of the worst on record as far as weather went. They were getting about a foot of new snow every couple of days, and there were a few avalanches that killed some climbers. They'd warn people about staying on the mapped areas, but of course, there's always those who don't listen. In one particularly nasty case, an entire family got wiped out because the father decided he knew better than the officials, and he took them out into an area uh, that wasn't safe. They were snowshoeing... And as best Katie could figure, they'd walked onto a shelf of snow that looked solid, but actually wasn't. It gave way, and the family went ass over tea kettle. Is that a phrase? Maybe in England. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> 1776. Scoreboard. <laughs> no, just me. <laughs> uh, we got independence in 1965. Oh, okay. 1865. 18 1865. That's the Canada. Civil War. Yeah, Canada got independence. Oh, I don't care about that. <laughs> Except half of our listeners are Canadian, so I shouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Listen here, you hoser. Don't you? Just finger wag. Don't you? Don't. Wish your girlfriend was hot like me. <laughs> don't you? Don't you? Okay. Don't you know? <laughs> Uh, they went ass over tea kettle <laughs> almost 300 feet down a slope. They landed on the rocks at the bottom, and the parents died instantly. One of the kids did as well, but the other two survived. One had a broken leg and fractured ribs, and the other was almost unharmed, save for some bruising and a sprained ankle. The uninjured child left his sibling behind and set out to find help. Katie said the kid didn't make it more than half a mile before a storm overtook him. Kids stopped to try and get warm or maybe just to rest and ended up freezing to death. They ended up finding the family with the help of some witnesses who saw them heading out into the wilderness, and she was one of she was the one to find the kid who'd frozen to death looking for help. She said it had started to snow, just enough to obscure long-distance vision, but not enough to make searching impossible. She saw a figure sitting in the snow up ahead, and she got to it as quickly as possible. She described in detail how, as she got closer, she realized first that it was a child, second that they were deceased, and third that they had frozen in one of the most pitiful positions she'd ever found a corpse in. The kid was sitting upright, with his knees tucked up against his chest, his arms were curled around them, and his head was tucked in, uh, tucked up in his coat. When she moved the coat to look at his face, she saw that he'd died crying. His face was twisted and the tears were frozen on his cheeks. She said it was painfully obvious that the kid was terrified that he, when he succumbed to hypothermia, and as, his mother, and as a mother, it broke her heart. She told me repeatedly that she hopes the father is burning in hell as we speak. <gasps> Gasp. 
That's deep. Because he took him camping? Well, they took him camping. At a bad time. No, in a part of the area that they said don't go to. Yeah. <laughs> well, dangerous. I don't think that's how that works. That'd be like going down to the um, uh, Brazos State Park and being like, I could just camp. Right on next, the river? Yeah, like right next to the alligator swamp. It's fine. I'm just going to camp right here. It's fine. Like, I don't need to stay in the marked camp areas. Okay, girl. What am I, a pussy? You're going to end up with alligators in your tent laying eggs in your intestines. In what? your pussy. In your pussy. <gasps> Lay a eggs real in- problem in America. Lay alligator eggs in my pussy, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Katya would be happy. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas time. <laughs> Happy holidays. This is a perfect time of year. Alligators, eggs, pussy. Yep. All uh, I want for Christmas is alligator eggs in my pussy. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. We can't use it as a title for this episode. <laughs> yes, we can. Alligator eggs in my pussy. I'm cut to Obama rallies from 2008. <laughs> Yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> oh, God. The other traumatic story that she told me that stood out in my mind was one that happened when she was a rookie. A rookie. Uh, her, her team got a report of, <laughs> I don't know, of an experienced climber who hadn't come home the previous day. His wife was convinced that something bad had happened because he'd never failed to come home on time. They went out looking for him and had to climb what sounded like some very technically challenging parts of the mountain. They got to a relatively flat area, and KD started seeing blood in the snow. She followed the trail, and as she went, she started seeing little bits of tissue. She wasn't sure exactly what body part it had come from, but the farther that she followed it, the more there was. She follows this blood and tissue trail to a sheltered area under a cliff face, and she finds the climber. She said there was so much blood, more than she'd ever seen before. He was lying face down, one arm stretched in front of him as if he died crawling. She looked closer and sees that he's been partially disemboweled, which is where the tissue she'd seen had come from. The, uh, the guy had an ice pick tucked into a hip holster, and it's covered in blood. Of course, they'll never be sure exactly what happened, but she said... As best as she can figure, this is what went down. The guy had been attempting to climb up to the next area and had been using his ice axe to ascend. He'd probably hit a loose patch and had fallen. On the way down, or possibly when he landed, he'd gotten impaled by the axe and it had disemboweled him. He drugged himself along, tearing pieces of himself out as he went, as he died under the cliff face. She isn't terribly bothered by gore but it i guess a few of the guys who came to help her remove the body threw up when they turned him over and a good portion of the intestines spilled out <laughs> yeah <laughs> Woo! moving on up <laughs> she's sick baby yeah i mentioned to her that i was interested in hearing about any experiences she had with people completely disappearing her eyes light up and she leans in close to me want to hear a real doozy <laughs> <laughs> yeah she tells me about how, when she first started, there was a case that got a lot of attention in the media. A family had been out berry picking in an area in the... Fo- Why is everyone berry picking? Listen, berries are delicious. Okay? Yeah, berries are delicious. <laughs> I don't know. I had all the books that I used to read when I was younger, because I was a 
weird ass nerd that whenever we would go to the library avid reader david stop it um <laughs> whenever we would go to the library kids were like oh my god the new harry potter book is out la 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 oh my god the red wall books or whatever they were called la la i'd be like uh i'm gonna get this book on mushrooms <laughs> oh, i used to read these books about oh, i don't even remember what they were called but it was this it was about witches. Oh, Witches by Ronald Dahl. I, I read that one all the <laughs> It was time. called Witches. <laughs> Anything by Ronald Dahl, I was like, let me read this fucking book. I don't know what it is. Ronald Dahl? He no. Wrote Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Oh. And Matilda. Oh. He's really good. He's <laughs> like really good. He's, He's like, like written some good stuff. And then when I was in middle school, I always used to check out the same book about castles. I read uh, it all the time. Yeah. I used to read books about Plants and fungus, fungi. Uh, I and was like, <clears throat> "What is the closest thing I can get to murder in castles. this children's library?" Castles. <laughs> Someone died there. <gasps> Ooh, ah, I love that. <laughs> Tell me about that. Uh, <laughs> what know. were their names? What did they do? <laughs> how, did they uh, how did they die? What what, what? what? What happened? What happened? Did we find the killer? Like what? What's happened? <laughs> they were hanged. Uh, yeah, but okay. Yeah, but why? um, did their neck break did or like? like mm, did they just kind of hang there and like choke? Like a death? beheading, like, like a yeah. like an axe. Did they starve? Like, like what? what the... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, satisfied, like, sir. This is Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, sir, this is a Wendy's. A Wendy's drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, how? Can, um, oh, there was a TikTok that was like, hey, hi, how are you today? And this guy's like. It's been a rough day. <laughs> there's that one, and then there's another one where they're like, Hi, welcome to McDonald's. What can I get for you today? Or no, uh, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. Or no, can I help you? Can I take your order? That's mm-hmm. what they say. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? He says, no, and then drives off. <laughs> no, you can't. Bye. <laughs> Me. <laughs> no. Oh, you yeah. think you can, Ashley? <laughs> you can't. Um, you can't take this order. <laughs> you can't take this order, bitch. Clackety clack, 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 And I roll by the window and I'm just like, clack, clack, fan clacking. Yeah, 100%. Sounds right. So a family had been out berry picking in an area of the forest very close to the entrance of the park. They had two little boys. Why did I say that way? Both under the age of five, and at some point during the day, one of them vanishes. There is an absolutely massive surge, and they find absolutely nothing. It's another one of those cases where it's like the kid was never there in the first place. The dogs just sit down and don't pick up on anything. No trace of the kid is found. The search goes on for about two months, but is eventually called off. Fast forward to six months later. The family comes back to uh, place flowers at a memorial that's been set up there for the kid. They bring their other son. While, excuse me, while they're, oh no. While they're placing the flowers, they lose sight of the kid for about three seconds. And in that span of time, he vanishes into thin air. Now, obviously, the parents are beyond devastated. It's awful enough to lose one child, but to lose two is beyond imagining. The search is huge, one of the largest in state history. There are about 300 volunteers combing every inch of this park looking for the kid. But again, there's no trace of him. The search goes on for about a week with people looking miles from part of the park he vanished from. And then almost two weeks later, a volunteer almost 15 miles from the designated search area radios in that he's found the kid. 
They assume that the kid was dead, but the volunteer says he's not only alive, he's in good shape. KD and her team go out to recover the kid, and when they get there, she can't believe that this is the kid that's been missing. His clothes are clean, there's no dirt on him anywhere, and he doesn't appear traumatized. The volunteer says he found the kid sitting on a log, playing with a little twig bundle that's bound together with some old rope. KD asks him where he's been, uh, who he's been with for two weeks, and the kid tells her that he's been with the Fuzzy Man. Yep, now, me too. Yeah. What, you? Me too, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, KD firmly believes in Bigfoot, so she gets all excited and asks him what he means by fuzzy was he hairy but the kid says no he wasn't hairy he was a fuzzy man and describes a man that's blurry like when you close your eyes but not all the way closed he says the man came out of the trees and took the kid with them deep into the woods the kid says he slept in a hollow tree and the fuzzy man gave him berries to eat kd asks if the man was mean if he scared the kid and the kid says no he wasn't scary but i didn't like how he didn't have eyes oh god KD says that the kid got back to headquarters and a cop takes him into town to talk to him more about what happened. She friends, she's friends with a cop that talked to him and she said that the kid described him being kept in the tree by the fuzzy man and given the berries whenever he was hungry. He was allowed to wander around a very specific clearing, but when he tried to go further, the fuzzy, mad, fuzzy man wouldn't get mad and would get mad. Uh, would I'm sorry would quote get mad and yell real loud even though he didn't have a mouth end quote when the kid got scared at night the fuzzy man quote made it go brighter end quote and gave him a twig bundle he said that the fuzzy man was going to keep him but he had to let him go because the kid wasn't quote the right kind he either can't or won't elaborate more on that. The cops are just sort of left scratching their heads, and the search for his brother is renewed with no effort. Uh, the kid had no idea where his brother might be, and they never find him. So basically, this kid got taken by the same, well, potentially the same person. Who knows? Fucking crazy. Whatever. Love that. So, the last story that KD told me was of something that happened to her when she got separated from her training group when she was a rookie. When they were searching the basics, Guruki. Oh, yeah. When they were learning the basics of high elevation belaying on a well-mapped side of the mountain, she had to use the bathroom. She went off about fifteen yards from the group during a meal break and did her business. Excuse me. I'll tell the rest exactly as she told it uh, to me. Quote: So I go to take a piss, and once I'm done, I start going back to the group. But I've only gotten about five feet when I realized that I have no idea where I am. And this wasn't a, oh, I got turned around loss. I mean, I literally had no fucking clue where I was. If you'd asked me, I don't even think that I would have been able to tell you what state we were in. It was a sort of how I imagine people with amnesia feel, you know? You're almost completely lost and you have no idea what to do. So I stood there for a while just trying to figure out where the fuck I was and what I was supposed to do. But the longer I stand there, the more confused and turned around I get. So I start walking. As I recall, I just picked a random direction and went for it. And as I'm walking, it's just getting worse and worse. Uh, to the point where I have no concept of why I'm on the mountain in the first place. I'm just drudging through the snow, and then I start hearing this voice. It's kind of inside my head almost like if a frog would could talk a low and croaky. Low, all low and croaky. And it's telling me over and over, it's okay, it's okay. You just need to find something to eat. 
Find something to eat and you'll be okay. Just keep walking and find something to eat. 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 So I start looking around for anything that I can eat. And I swear to God, I've never felt that hungry in my whole life. It was bottomless. I think that I could have eaten just about anything you put in front of me right then. I had no concept of time, so I had no idea how long I'd been out when I hear an actual voice coming towards me. I go toward it and see one of the other SARs, and he looks fucking terrified. He's running towards me, asking if I'm okay and what the hell I'm doing out here. And the scary thing was, as he's running toward me, I kind of see myself reaching into my belt for my hunting knife. I'm not even really thinking about what I'm doing, but what I am thinking is that I have to eat. If I don't eat, I'll never be okay again. So I just have to eat. He sees me doing that and he backs off right away. He yells at me to put my knife away and that he's gonna that he's not gonna hurt me. And that kind of snaps me back. All of a sudden, I know exactly where I am. I put the knife away and run to him and ask him how long I've been gone, thinking that he'll tell me I've been gone for half an hour or so. But he tells me I've been gone for two fucking days. <laughs> I've gone over two peaks and ended up almost on the other side of the mountain, and if I'd kept going, I would have ended up wandering into about 300 miles of wilderness. They'd never, they, they'd never have found me. He can't believe I'm not dead, and of course, I don't know what the fuck to think. To me, no time has passed at all. I don't say anything. I just go back with them to the rendezvous point, and I'm taken back to HQ to be airlifted to the hospital. When I get there, they do all kinds of tests and try to figure out what happened. As best as they can guess, it was some kind of weird like state that I was in which is kind of like amnesia or a weird seizure that knocked my brain out of whack. But the truth truth is that we really don't know. It's never happened again, but I'll tell you, ever since I ever since then, I never go out there alone. People rag on me for making them come with me uh, when I have to go, when I have to leave the group. But I just tell them, tell them that listening to me piss in the snow is better than losing me for two fucking days on a freezing mountain. She went into a weird state, so like, like Alabama. I love that. Call back <laughs> to our literal first episode when oh I God. made fun of Alabama. That's been so long. Mm-hmm. So that was part one. I mean, part first part of part four. Um, so the other person that he talks to is E.W. The next person I talked to was E.W. Uh, that's, is there an echo <laughs> The first in here? person he talked to was E.W. <laughs> Later that day, I talked to E.W. <laughs> I think there's an echo inside of your apartment. It's really weird. Um, Hello. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? It's ghosts. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Oh. <laughs> shut up. No, you, you shut you. up. <laughs> uh, so EW was a former trainer who now works as an EMT. Um, he still comes to ops, uh, like this to help out, but doesn't work full time for us anymore. He specialized in finding lost kids. Uh, he just seemed to have a six cent. No, Peter Pan. what? Peter Pan. P- Peter Pants. Peter Pan. Uh-huh. And the lost boys. Oh, got it. Um, he just seems to have a sixth sense when it comes to knowing where they'd gone. Uh, he's a legend amongst the more senior vets, vets, but he gets embarrassed. Fads. I said Vince kind of... What the fuck is happening? Just keep talking. Yep. Um, but he gets embarrassed if you... 28 pages after this. Yeah. 
Uh, if you compliment him on his work, he sat down with me at dinner one evening and we ended up swapping stories. Most of them were just casual, but when we got on the subject of our weirder calls, I mentioned that I had a buddy who'd gone up the set of stairs. Oh, he got kind of quiet and asked me if I'd heard a, of a little boy who disappeared from a park a few years back. I hadn't, so he told me the story. <laughs> Do you ever hear about a story about that one kid that got lost in the park? No! Yep, I've heard about about 30,000 of them. Yeah. I'm a search and rescue it's officer, literally girl. literally my fucking job. That's what I do. Hey, Kennedy! Um, so, here's the story. You ready? Mm-hmm. They were looking out. Damn it. They were out looking for... Do I have dyslexia? I think I do. Um, I think it's called... <clears throat> you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you're dumb. You're stupid. Um, so you're fine. <laughs> so, uh, they were out looking for this 11-year-old... 11. 11-year-old boy, Joey, who'd gone missing near a river. Of course, the first thought was that he'd fallen in and drowned. But when they brought the dogs out, they led SAR officers away from the river and up into a very densely forested area. When we do searches for people, we search in a grid pattern, and we search every box of the grid incredibly thoroughly. What EW's team noticed right away was that the very strange pattern was was that a very strange pattern was emerging. Dogs in alternating boxes were picking up Joey's scent, but losing it when they overlapped with another box. If you think of a checkerboard, Joey's scent was being picked up in a random in random black squares, but never in red squares. This, of course, didn't make any sense. Because how could you? How could the kid bounce from area to area without leaving a scent in each place that he passed? E.W. and his partner pass into a new box of the grid, and E.W. notices a set of stairs about 15 yards away. He tells his partner that they need to go check near it, but his partner flat out refuses. He tells E.W. that he's made it to a point. Uh, he's made it a point to never go near any stairs he sees, and that while it may be routine, he's not to pretend that it's not normal. He's not to pretend that it's normal. There you go. He tells E.W. that he'll wait in sight while E.W. checks. E.W. says he was irritated, but he felt for the guy and didn't push him on the subject. I walk, So, quote, I walked over to the stairs. They were small, kind of like stairs into a basement. I don't really feel strongly one way or the other about them, the stairs, I mean, so I wasn't scared or anything. I guess I'm like everyone else, and I just prefer not to think about them too much. Anyway, I went over and I could see that there was something lying on the bottom step, sort of curled up. My heart sinks, because of course, you always hope for the best, and we were confident that we'd find this kid alive, because we'd only been miss- he'd only been missing for a few hours, but I knew right away that it was him, and that he was dead. He was curled up in a little ball on the step, holding his stomach. It looks like he'd been in horrible pain when he died, but it- I didn't see any blood, except some on his lips and chin. I radioed in that I'd found him, and we got his body back to... Uh, command that poor family they were devastated the parents couldn't understand how he'd be how he'd be dead because he'd only been gone for such a short amount of time and on top of that we didn't have any obvious cause of death which just made it worse i figured he'd probably eaten something poisonous since he was holding his stomach when i found him but i didn't want to guess it's hard enough to hear that your kid is dead let alone have some stupid sar guy guessing about what happened they took him away and i went home and tried not to think about it I hate finding dead kids, man. I love this job, but it's one of the reasons why I left. I've got two daughters, and the thought of losing them that way just... He chokes up there for a little bit. I'm not great with emotional stuff like that, and it's always sort of awkward to see a grown man cry. So I didn't really know what to do. 
He pulled himself together eventually, though, and he kept going. We don't always hear back from the coroners about the cause of death. It's not really our job to know, I guess. And sometimes, if they think about if they think it's foul play, they won't tell us because of legal bullshit. But I've got a friend who works for the sheriff's department, and he'll usually pass along any informa- any interesting information if I ask. In this case, though, I actually got a call from him about a week later. He asked if I remember the kid, and of course I do. And he says some serious weird shit is going on. He tells me, EW man, you're going to think I'm crazy, but the coroner has no idea what happened to this kid. Excuse me. He says he's never seen anything like it. My friend goes on to tell me that when the coroner opened the kid up, he couldn't even believe what he was seeing. The kid's organs were like Swiss cheese. Quarter-sized holes were punched clean through just about every single organ the kid had. Aside from... Aside from his heart and lungs, uh, aside from his heart and lungs, but his colon, his stomach, his kidneys, and even one of his testicles were full of these clean holes. My friend said that the coroner described it as if someone had taken a hole punch and punched holes out of everything. They were so neat, but the kid didn't have a scratch on him, no entry or exit wounds. The closest anyone had ever seen like it was a guy who filled himself full of buck, buckshot? What the fuck is buckshot? It's just shotgun shells. Uh-huh. Full, yeah, filled himself full of buckshot a year. Shot himself. Okay, okay. Uh, a year or so back while cleaning his, there you go, cleaning his rifle. Okay. Context clues, you know. Um, <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> you should always uh, hook on phonics, you know. Uh, no one had a clue that he could possibly have caught, what could possibly have caused it. My friend asked me if he'd ever heard anything like it or if uh, we'd had similar cases in the past. But I'd never heard of something like that, and I told him I wasn't going to be of any help. As far as I know, the coroner determined the cause of death as something like massive internal bleeding, but no one knows what really happened. I've never been able to forget that kid. I have nightmares about it sometimes. I don't let my kids go into the woods alone, and when we go together, I never let them out of my sight. I used to love it out out here, but that case and a couple of others just sort of ruined it for me. Dinner was over, so we started to clean up and go back to our cabinets. Before we went our separate ways, he put his hand on my shoulder and looked at me really close. He tells me that, that there's bad things out here. Things that don't care if we have families or lives, or that we can think and feel. He tells me to be careful, and he walks away. I didn't... I didn't... I didn't a chance. Didn't have a chance to talk with him again, but that story stuck with me. Oh, there's another one. I thought that was the last one. PB. By pure coincidence, I got to talk to another vet, PB, who's been an SAR in the SAR field for years. We were partnered on a grid sweep during a training exercise, and we were chatting casually about how we liked the job and what kinds of things we'd seen and and the like. Um, at one point, we passed an old set of stairs, though these were probably from an old fire lookout. Given the area that we were in, I sort of casually mentioned that I was curious about the stairs and that I wish I knew more about them. He got kind of quiet and looked like he wanted to tell me something, but I wasn't sure if he should. Finally, he told me to turn off my radio. Obviously, this is something we are never, ever supposed to do, but I did it, and he did the same. About seven years ago, he tells me, he was out on a call with a rookie. They were in the area of the park that had lots of strange reports and events, disappearances, stories about lights in the forest, odd noises, things like that. The rookie was totally spooked, kept going on and on about things in the woods. According to PB, the guy wouldn't stop talking about the goat man. Just on and on, goat man this, goat man that. That's the Wendigo. Is it? Wendigo's goat man. Finally, I told him that there were plenty else to be afraid of out here that was very real and that he'd better get over this thing with the goat man. 
The rookie wanted to know uh, what kinds of things I was talking about, and I just told him to shut up and walk. He crested a little ridge, and there was a staircase about 10 yards ahead. The rookie stops dead in his tracks and just stands there looking at them. I tell him, see, that's something you should be afraid of. The rookie asks me what the hell these are doing out here, and for some reason I just open up and tell him the truth, or what I've been told is the truth. I could have gotten in a lot of trouble for doing what I did, and I could have got could get in a lot of trouble for repeating it to you, but you're a nice kid, and I want you to stop looking into this. Quit while you're ahead. So I'll tell you what I know under the condition that you are never to breathe a word of this to the soups. I told him I wouldn't say a word. Which and soup, though? Cream of mushroom, chicken noodle, tomato I really mix. hope it was like the star noodles. Oh, that's not a good one. Though. I know, it's trash. What about the princesses? Broccoli cheddar. Mm. Mm. Trans I like- fats. I love trans fats. I love... That's... First of all, one, that's body shaming, and two, you're gay, and they're part of the LGBT community, and I need you to respect them. Okay. My bad. Yeah, Anyways. Princess <laughs> it's fine. Just a little moment of silence for my career. <laughs> I'm just going to, just your mic is just going to like, <clears throat> So anyways, my mic, never mind. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> you bitch. I love that. <clears throat> Keep going. I told him I wouldn't say a word, and he double checks that our radios are off. He's talking again. When I first started out, we were a little less tight-lipped about them. And the other things that happen out here. We warned people before they were even higher that there, were, there, were, that there was weird shit going on. I guess the Forest Service was tired of having such a massive turnover rate, and they wanted people to know what they are, were getting into. So they started having people sign these agreements. That they wouldn't go to the media about what they were going to see. And, or sorry, the F- oh, Forest Service. The FS didn't want to scare people away, so the last thing that they needed were spooked rookies running off to the media with stories of ghosts and haunted stairs. But eventually, they found that the agreements weren't necessary. People not only didn't want to talk about what they saw, they wouldn't. A few times, media tried to talk to people when kids or hikers would disappear, and no one would say a word. I can't really explain it. I guess we just don't really want to admit anything is wrong. This is our job, to be out in the woods every single day. We don't need to be spooked. spooked. (laughs) And the best way to avoid that is to pretend like everything's okay. So I'll tell you everything I can, um, and after that, I'm done talking about it for good. And I expect you to not bring it up around me ever. The stairs have been out here for as long as the parks have existed. We have records going back decades describing them. Sometimes people go up them and nothing happens. Other times, look, I really don't like talking about this, but sometimes really bad shit happens. I saw one guy get his hand sliced clean off when he got up to the top step. He reached out to touch a tree branch and it happened so fast. One second his hand was there, the next it was gone. Completely clean wound. He didn't find his hand and the guy almost died. Another time, a woman touched one of the stairs, and a blood vessel in her brain exploded. Literally exploded like a water balloon. She sort of stumbled down and came over to me, and all I got out of all she got out was, "I think something is wrong with me." She dropped like a sack of flour, dead before she hit the ground. I'll never forget the way the blood leaked into the inside of her eye before. Yeah, before she died, I watched it turn red. Ooh. I watched it happen, and there wasn't a single thing that I could do to help. 
We warn people not to go anywhere near them, but there's always at least one idiot who does. And even if something happens to them, even if nothing happens to them, something bad always happens to them. Kids go missing, or something bad always happens. Kids go missing as we're on the trail. Someone dies the next day, cut in half and completely safe part of the park. I don't know why, but something bad always happens. I don't know exactly why they're out here, but it doesn't matter. They're here, and if we're smart, we tell you, we tell our, our new officers exactly what they're capable of. They were, we were both quiet for a while. I was afraid to talk again uh, because I wasn't sure if he was done. He looked like he wanted to say something else. Finally, he spoke up again. Have you ever noticed how you can't find the same ones twice? I nodded, expecting him to continue, but he just stayed quiet walking alongside me, and eventually he started a story about the biggest deer he'd ever seen in the park. I didn't bring up the subject again, and I didn't press him for any more stories. He dropped out of the op the next day. <laughs> Apparently, he left before the sun came up. Uh, he said he was sick. None of us have heard from him since he left. I'm going to stop here for the time being, <laughs> and I'll try and post the next part in the coming days, but what with it being the end of summer, things are pretty busy here. Thanks for the continued interest, guys. You've really awakened this curiosity in me that I didn't know I had. LOL. <laughs> wow. Crazy, right? <laughs> that was long. Woo! I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I've opted to make an executive decision here and find a shorter story. <laughs> How did you find that so fast? I just went. So, <clears throat> as of today, the of December, uh, <laughs> this <laughs> some day that's in December. This is the third most popular post on Reddit r slash no sleep Ooh, uh, it's called she sold happiness in glass jars i don't like this i've never read it before so we're on a journey together she's stealing happiness for, she's a witch uh, i mean witches don't use jars <clears throat> no they use cauldrons oh sorry obviously boy oh hipsters yeah mason jars oh this is a mason jar mm. do you see this mason jar do you remember that like trend that came around in like 2013 where people would like make salads in mason jars? Or is that still around? It's a great idea because I've done it. All the ingredients stay perfectly together. Okay. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> the poster read "Happiness sold in glass jars." Call today. And underneath the text was a phone number. I was walking home from a long, exhausting day of work when I caught a glimpse of the paper stapled on an old telephone pole. I took a picture of it, thinking it was amusing. I was going to show my wife once I got to her apartment, but I was caught up with chores and I forgot about it. Dinner, dishes, laundry, Ugh. packing a snack for our daughter, putting her to bed, then putting away her toys that she left out in the living room. Every night, exactly the same routine. What are we talking about autopilot? Don't. Uh, we already last know. Last week, we talked about that autopilot. Yeah, I mean, not just. Yeah, that was last week. Every time you're thinking you're about to do something, stop. Think, what would Janice Dickinson stop, do? Stop, collaborate, and listen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Have next day, I woke... <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, awoke, I awoke sleeping back-to-back with my wife. I always had to get up earlier than she did for my job, so I quietly got ready for the day and headed out the door. At work, I was updating the company's latest expense report. Most days were similar to this one. They were basically paying me to stare at a computer for nine hours a day and input a couple of numbers into a spreadsheet. I finished my work very quickly, so I decided to head out of the office early. It also helped that it was a Friday, and a lot of people leave early at the end of the week. 
On my walk back, I was thinking of what my life had become. I did this often. I always dreamed of traveling when I was younger. I wanted to drive across the country or solo backpack across Europe. And then I met Kelsey. Oh, Kelsey. Don't get me wrong. I loved Kelsey. I mean, I I still do. (laughs) We just don't have that spark anymore. When you meet someone and get in a relationship, whether it's meant to be or not, some of your personal life plans have to be put on hold. And then that relationship turns into marriage, and then you have a baby, and then you enroll your daughter in preschool, and then you have to get a better-paying job and work more hours, and blah, 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 blah. I hate this. It's my nightmare. I'm not trying to throw a pity party for myself, okay? This is the scary part, isn't it? Story's over. I'm just saying I wasn't exactly content with where I was in my life. I wouldn't have referred to myself as a happy person. Uh, As I took the same route home that I always did every day to work and back, I walked by the same poster that I had passed the day before. I don't know why. I really don't. But I decided to call the number. I figured it would be some joke. Maybe someone picks up and just says, I love you! And they hang up. Oh. Or maybe it's a line to a sex worker. Mm. I had no idea what to expect. I called. It only rang once before someone picked up. Wow. Hello? They were waiting. They were very much waiting. I mean. (laughs) Oh, uh, hi. um, I'm calling about your poster, your ad. Oh, awesome, she said calmly. When do you want to pick it up? Why is this her voice? Because that's what I decided. (laughs) Pick up what? The jar, she said, like it was the most obvious thing in the world. Oh, of course. Um... I realized then that I had left work early without telling Kelsey, so I could just go pick it up now, and she'd be none the wiser. What exactly is it that you're selling? I just told you, it's happiness in a glass jar, like the poster said. <laughs> happiness keeps best in glass jars are more terrible than, say, a plastic bag. <laughs> um, okay, should we, should we meet somewhere? For sure, I don't want you to end up being creep or something, so let's go to a public place. (laughs) Oh, uh, for sure. Um, The public place we decided on was a Starbucks parking lot, a little over a mile from me. Uh, Now, Me and Melissa did that one time. (laughs) It was drugs. It was a Starbucks parking lot, yeah, probably. Now, I didn't think I was really going to be buying a jar of happiness or whatever i was 99 percent sure that she was going to sell me drugs maybe heroin would be in the jar i remember thinking oh no happiness is probably a nickname for some street drug and i'm going to be going to a drug deal what if she's a cop am i going to be arrested but something inside me told me to keep walking and so i did i stood outside and i texted her me i'm here her Cool, be there in a sec. <laughs> Why do her texts also sound like that? It's her voice. Okay. Me, what are you driving? Her, Silver Camry. And her, as her final text came through, I saw her car pull in. She took a spot not too far from where I stood. I could see that there was no one else in the car, which put my kidnapping fear to rest. She opened her door and stood on the pavement, looking around until her eyes met mine. I gave her a little nod of acknowledgement, and she simply responded by waving her hand, gesturing for me to come over to her car. And so I did. She was young, maybe mid-twenties. That was not what I expected. She was like 60. I was expecting like some like full-on like 90-year-old like decrepit like... Come, That's like, where I was going yeah. with this, but I guess I have to change her voice now? No. No. She still sounds like that. 
with curly golden hair. Her skin was pale and contrasted with the all-black outfit she was wearing. I thought she looked like Glenda the Good Witch from The Wizard of Oz. Wearing and black? had put the Wicked Witch's clothes on. Oh, there you go. Nice doubt, she said as a greeting. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. I, I hadn't really paid attention to it. You were the one that called about the jaw, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Cool, where do you go? <laughs> she handed me a very small glass mason jar. I couldn't have been more than two inches tall. Inside of it was a light. Not a light bulb, just light. Like someone bottled up sunshine. It even glowed in the mid-afternoon daylight. It looked like a tiny sun or even a tiny universe existing in this little crystal-walled home. I was admiring it with no attempt to hide the awe on my face. Pretty rad, isn't it? <laughs> what? What is it? Rad? You've it asked that rad. like three different times, I think. My answer is still the same. Happiness. Happiness in a glass jar. What do I do with it? Keep it, she said simply. If you have any problems, shoot me a text. She started to get into her car. Wait, I said. I thought you were selling this. How much is it? Don't worry, man, she said with a smile. You'll pay. <laughs> she closed her door and I stepped out of her way. No, at that point I'd be like, um, no thanks. <laughs> Roll down your window. Yeah, excuse Roll me, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> She closed her door, and I stepped out of her way as she backed up and then drove off. What the hell just happened? What the hell did she sound like that for? It didn't <laughs> <say> that. <laughs> what was I What like? the hell kind of voice did she have? <laughs> Is she from 1950 Transatlantia? Uh, what was I holding? I looked down at the jar again. Its radiance was simply mesmerizing. Mesmerizing. I put it in my back pocket, and I could see its glow slightly through my pants. Nope, didn't say back pocket, said front pocket. Uh, you're just thinking back door. Yep. <laughs> Love that. What are you wanting for? Stop it. They need to want to go out. <gasps> I shouldn't have said that word. <gasps> I began to walk home. It was just a nice sunny day. It quickly turned into a rainy one with clouds wrapping around the sky. It wasn't forecasted that it would rain or else I would have ridden the bus or the subway to work that day. So I jogged home trying not to get too drenched. I finally found shelter once I made it to my apartment building. I walked up to my door and I found that my key wasn't on the key and it ring anymore. Shit, I can't believe I lost it again, I thought. I knocked on the door and said in a somewhat loud voice, Hey babe, it's me. I don't, I don't know what happened to my key. I heard the door being unlocked from the other side. When the door opened, I was greeted by a large, heavy-set man with greasy hair and unkempt goatee. He said, I think you got the wrong door. Or <clears throat> I think you got the wrong door. <laughs> Oh, I said, disoriented. My bad. Sorry. Have a good one. He let out a chuckle as he closed the door. Apartment number 33. I know that this was my apartment. I know it was. I'd been in apartment 40, 33 for five years now. But that was not my apartment. From what I could see, all the furniture was different. It was painted a different color. It was all wrong. I felt like I'd hit my head and I was drugged. In that moment, I nothing made sense, so I pulled out my phone to call Kelsey so she could calm me down and tell me I just got confused for a second, but her contact wasn't in my phone. Nothing was in my phone. I had no messages with her, no previous calls, no pictures. It was like my phone was reset to its factory's settings. Did that girl somehow switch my phone out when I wasn't looking? I would have just dialed Kelsey's number manually, but I couldn't remember the number. I had known it by heart before, but not anymore. I needed it oh, to get back. Oh, she wiped his memory, bitch? No. Oh, yeah. Do you know your 
mom's phone number? Mm-hmm. Me too. Do you know Savannah's phone number? 936-558. Stop. Do you know your brother's phone number? <laughs> Stop. No, I don't think I know her phone number. I probably shouldn't have said those numbers that I did. Savannah, he lied. He's a bitch. <laughs> no, I think those are right. Hold on. Let me check now. No, I'm reading. Okay. Uh, I had known it by heart before, but not anymore. I needed to get back to the office. I had all my contacts backed up on my work computer. Since it was still raining, I hopped on the bus, which had a stop right in front of the apartment complex. I rode downtown toward my office. Shut up. <laughs> I got him right. Um, the whole time staring at my wet shoes, wondering what the hell was going on. We have a key card access to our building, so I only, only authorized personnel can get inside, and I always keep my access card in my wallet. But, surprise, surprise, it wasn't there. I buzzed into the speaker for which we had for guests with appointments or employees as a backup in case anyone lost or forgot their card. Bzz. Hey, Tim, this is Tim. I, I must have lost my card. My employee number is... I stopped and I drew a blank. What a voice came through the speaker. Tim, you got cut out. What, what's your employee number? Um, I can't remember. I... That's fine. Just tell me your full name and your department. Uh, finance. I'm in finance. My name is Tim Brooks. One sec. About 30 seconds later, a man spoke to me again. We don't have a Tim Brooks working at this building. Did you have an appointment with someone? I backed up in surprise, almost tripping on my wet own wet feet. I had just been in that office an hour or two ago. What was happening to me? I felt like I was getting Alzheimer's, but going through every stage in one day. I stared at my hands, unsure if I was in the right body. I felt the world around me disintegrating. I wasn't in control. I was merely sitting inside somebody else's head, watching the world through their eyes. Just then, I got a text. I recognized the number immediately. It was that girl, the one who gave me the jar. I had forgotten all about her until I saw this text. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I looked at my phone, dumbfounded. It made me angry. She was so nonchalant about this. She knew what was going on. She had done this somehow. What the hell did you do to me? Her. Worst is yet to come. Oh, God. I was astronomically close to just chucking my phone as far as I could in frustration. I took the jar out of my pocket. It looked unchanged, still glowing, just as bright. What the fuck did you do? I yelled at the dar jar. Realizing I had probably also looked like a lunatic. As I stared at its glistening glass, I realized something. I didn't know what my wife's face looked like anymore. And I knew her name. Well, I knew it started with a K. Or maybe a C. I couldn't picture her in my mind. I knew I had a wife. I knew I did, yes. Because I had a daughter. I had a wife and I had a daughter. I just couldn't remember their faces. Or their names. Or their birthdays. Or any memory that I had with them. I know they existed. They did exist. I had just seen them that morning, right? I couldn't remember how she looked or what she smelled like. What was our first date? We had a wedding, right? What about our first kiss? Or my daughter? Or daughter? Or a son? Maybe I didn't even have a kid, but my wife or girlfriend, she was real. I knew she was. Uh, the thought was tearing me apart. I couldn't see her in my head. I couldn't recall a single fact about her. I was standing outside the same building, but I was unsure why I was. Did I work there? 
It must work somewhere. The rain was accompanied by a chilly wind now. It was whipping at my face, making my nose and cheeks sting. I wanted to go home. I wanted to be with her. I wanted to be warm. I wanted to go into a shitty office job that kept a roof over my head. I wanted it all. I was soaking wet. I was miserable. I couldn't remember my parents from my childhood. Did I even have any friends? Why was I in the rain? I looked down at my hand, still clutching the jar. The only memory of my life that I could remember concretely was the girl giving it to me. Sorry. Dog problems. <laughs> Morky problems. Telling me it was happiness. It did not bring happiness. It brought pain. It bought suffering. I was more miserable in that moment than I had ever been. My phone buzzed. Break the jaw, Tim! I looked at my other hand. With the setting sun and the rainy sky, I swear the jar glowed brighter than any street light near me. I didn't break it because I was following her instructions. I broke it because I was angry. I broke it because I was upset. I needed a release. I raised my arm above my head and I brought it down with one swift motion, shattering the jar on the concrete beneath my feet. That dark, chilly air accompanying the rain spread away like it was a shockwave of a bomb going off. And I was at the epicenter. I saw a warm yellow light from inside the jar spread rapidly across the ground and ascend into the sky as if it was watching the beginnings of the universe being created. Like God had just snapped his fingers and said, let there be light. Come on, Thanos. <laughs> I was engulfed in it. I could no longer see the street or rain or anything else dark. I felt like I was plummeting into a star going faster than the speed of light. I felt like I was sitting in front of a fire on a cold winter's night, but that warmth was covering every inch of my body. And then I blinked. Immediately I, could, immediately, I could feel the sheets beneath me, and my back barely touching my wife's. I was staring out the window. The morning light drenched through the window and gleamed on my face. I stood you from bed, on your face? and I grabbed my phone. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it was Friday morning. I had one text. Let me know if you have need another job. I called in sick to work. I snuck into my daughter's room, and I greeted her with a kiss. And I told her that she didn't have to go to preschool today. We were going to have a family day. She smiled and stretched out her arms with a yawn before curling up and falling back asleep. I got back in bed and I squeezed my wife tightly. I didn't let go for hours. Our daughter came into our room and woke us up eventually. She was jumping on the bed and shouting for us to wake up. Yesterday, I may have found that annoying. Yesterday. I may have found a lot of things annoying, or monotonous, or dull, but not today. Today, I pulled her under the covers in between me and Kelsey. Today was a good day. Today, I was happy. That's a really oh cute God, story. Oh my God, it's so sweet. That's not even, like, scary. That's sweet. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Oh. It's but the same story. I haven't seen that movie since I was in fifth grade. But let me tell you the best part about this story, okay? Mm -hmm. My accent for that girl was 100%. amazing. Also, I, love I loved it. the extremely deep voice you gave for that really big guy. Yeah. Hey, girl! <laughs> what are you doing around the house, bitch? <laughs> hey, queen! I missed one for the uh, guy on the speaker. Mm. Should have gotten one that was more like... Hello. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> Apartment you work in. Okay, hold on. Hold on. 
I'm making coffee up here. <laughs> what was your name again? <laughs> LOL. Okay, we That's gotta good. go because these dogs are whining. Okay. Wait, did we, we have to do a, a thing. Hey, did you know that the unemployment rate is under 3%? If you're trying to hire someone, then you already knew that. It, between LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and all these other things, you're a busy person, right? Well, that's where Economy Works comes in to help. Because uh, if they are looking, they have a freelance talent network that's ready to help you do more with less. Am I doing good so? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so if you need help writing job descriptions, doing marketing analysis, or something else that is also important, give Economy Works a shout out. <laughs> Reach That's out to Economy Works. Eight six seven five three zero nine. No, uh, that's Economy Works. Check us out on the web. We got a Twitter. We got an Instagram. We got everything. We yeah. got blogs. You like blogs? We love. Listen, blogs. okay. That's Economy Works. Bitches love blogs <laughs> because when we work, the, the Economy, economy works. works. That's E C O N O M I W O R K S dot com. Yes. Um, and signing off. Yeah. Remember to get spooky with it!